Hello and welcome back to The Hit Show. My name is Danny Russell. I am the managing editor of D-Rays Bay and I am joined again by the silver fox himself, Darby Robinson. Hello, Darby. Hello, Danny. And the Nostradamus of the most beloved Rays player of all time, Brett Phillips. Hello, Brett. Hey, guys. How you doing? Just wonderful. Are we back? How, how predictive has Brett been? How predictive? This is now, I wanted to bring this up last time. Call him Nostradamus. <laughs> Does he predict a lot? I guess he predicted your no going down. This I is predict- the joke. Is that Brett has made zero predictions today. <laughs> or at the very least, I'm so vague that I can mm. just, anything I say He's sounds right. like yeah. I am the golly Brett Nostradamus because his role in these conversations has been to tell us what the next matchup will be. And then, Darby, you and I give our opinions. And Brett goes, hmm, interesting. And interesting on. opinion. <laughs> Great opinions, you guys. You missed the chance, though, to call him the Silver Fox and me Nate Silver, so... Oh, restart the podcast. I'm ending the recording Nate right now. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is horrendous. All right. I guess I have to continue, though. Yes. What a yeah, we have to continue because we're now into like the exciting part of the bracket because we really don't know what's going to happen. Well, no more of these vamping. low seeds getting knocked out. This is if now. Now we're into the for tournament. For a very long time, no one will know uh, what we're talking about. All right. Brett, take us down the list. The round two results, sending us into the Sweet 16. Who makes it on to the next round? All right, so moving on over to the next round, the first bracket on our list in the original, the Devil Rays bracket, the Vince Namoli era and region. We started with the one seed and the eight seed facing off. No surprises here. It was Carl Crawford versus Randy Wynn, and Carl Crawford takes this one with 95% of the vote, which is the highest vote margin in this entire bracket this round. So we're starting off with a bane with CC. So Randy Wynn does not win this one. Yes. We made that joke last time, too, and it still tracks. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. not not uh, Wasn't able to make an epic comeback, Randy Wynn. Beaten by five, one of the greatest early Devil Ray. I, five percent. That's again. I think we talked about this. You can get five percent of people to agree on anything. Okay, that's, like, that's good. That's a five percent against like the all one of the all time like five best Rays players of all time, and it's an outfielder, so he has to be like one to one. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So CC moves on, and he'll be facing the winner of the four and the five seed. The five seed we had here was Rocco Baldelli, and the four seed was Scott Casimir. And in the first of our upsets, the very first of our upsets this round, not ever. We had a couple upsets, and we'll talk about some more later. But, yeah, the first, Rocco beats Scott Casimir. Rocco Baldelli, who did not play for the Rays all that much, beats Scott Casimir, one of the highest-grossing war uh, in uh, Rays history. He beats him by 59.1% of the vote. Mm. Pretty close. This is exciting. Yeah, this is cool. I think yeah. this is a great, great result. Rocco Baldelli encapsulates the promise, the prince who was promised but doesn't materialize in ways that mm-hmm. Will Myers, Steven Souza Jr. Like, we've had players come up in this bracket so far where that was an element, where one of the pieces we're tracking there is like, oh, uh, we were so excited about them and it didn't happen. Rocco, it didn't happen, but it wasn't 
it was a mitochondrial issue, right? It yeah. was a medical mm -hmm. issue. He goes on to join the staff. He goes on to become the manager of the Minnesota Twins and is now a relevant voice in this political moment that we're in. I'm not super surprised that he wins this one. Five over four, I mean, that's a close seating anyway. Uh, I think this is very exciting. The next round being Crawford and Baldelli will be interesting because uh, I just mentioned Rocco's political moment. Cece in the news for bad reasons, but we, mm. we can circle that uh, yeah. wagons later. I was just saying how Rocco, it's great that he, I think it's really exciting that, you know, he's so beloved as a Ray, but his best years seemingly are going to be ahead of him, even for like other teams, even as a manager and possibly a front office uh, person for teams down the road. He's a great voice to have in Major League Baseball right now. And he'll always hold a special place in my heart and also probably just everyone's heart because he's so such a wonderful man. Yeah, I think people, I think a lot of Rays fans have bought tickets. Like they have bought stock in Rocco mm -hmm. and they're ready to just, no matter where he, who it's for, they're ready to have him reach that right. promise. They're, they're not going to sell that stock. Well, it'll, it'll pay off when the Rays move to Rhode Island and uh, sure. come home. And Portland Sea yeah. Dogs or something. <laughs> All right, Brett. What's the, uh, what's the other side of the Devil Rays bracket? The other side of the Devil Rays bracket are last four in here. So we've got the next matchup was the number three seed, Wade Boggs, versus the 11 seed, Roberto Hernandez, who, as y'all remember, uh, crushed the six seed of Aubrey Huff. Um, many thought that that was more of a vote against Aubrey Huff than a vote for Roberto Hernandez. Um, either way, Wade Boggs takes this one with almost 80% of the vote for the number three seed, the famous Tampa Bay Devil Ray, Wade Boggs. Obviously very well known for his years as a Devil Ray. Uh, his prolific career in Tropicana Fields, Wade Boggs takes this one, 80% of the vote, moving on to the Sweet 16. Wade Boggs. Red Sox hat in the Hall of Fame, World mm. Series ring with the New York Yankees. Yeah. Retired number with the Devil Rays. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. And then the, well, the that, final Devil Rays matchup. Sure. Uh, boy, that just sums up Tampa Bay baseball in so many ways. Final Devil <laughs> Rays matchup. Uh, number two seed, Fred McGriff versus Julio Lugo. I'm not even going to vamp for this one. Fred McGriff took this one to 82.5% of the vote. The crime dog is moving on to face Wade Boggs, and it's going to be an interesting and exciting old-school matchup. Yeah. Right, so this this round, when you have these big, colossal matchups, 3-11, 2-7, I feel like it's not a surprise to see two and three move on. It's going to be more right. interesting to see what happens in the next round. Yeah. Next round is definitely uh, home to some really interesting players, especially since we're moving on to the glory days of the Tampa Bay Rays, the 2008 to 2013 era, the, uh, yeah, the, that beautiful era of Rays baseball where the Rays were really good for a good period of time. So that's reflected, I think, in these matchups. And the first one we're going to be looking at is the one seed, Evan Longoria, facing Jason Bartlett, who was the number nine seed. And in this particular case, I, I, I promise we're going to get to interesting ones. I promise. I promise we will. But Evan Longoria did win this one with 94% of the vote. Do we even need to talk about how this was the correct answer? <laughs> Impressed that Bartlett got 6%. I, I heard that you can get 5 or 6% of people to vote on anything. I, I don't know who I said that. So. Some, someone who's no some, or something no said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone who pro prophesied that would happen later, and then it happened. So, 
I don't know who that genius was, but the more interesting part of this matchup, the future six Sweet 16 matchup, who Evan Longoria will be facing, was played out in the five and four seed matchup in this Glory Days bracket. We had BJ Upton at number five and David Price at number four. Mm. And although these two players were seated very close to each other and were both key assets for the Rays in this period of time, David Price won with 64.5% of the vote, almost doubling the amount of votes that BJ Upton got. Guys, what do you think about that? It's a commanding win. And I Mm -hmm. think it has to do with how a lot of fans, and if you think about our readership and also think about uh, the Twitter dynamic, because these polls are being hosted in the Twitter sphere. I do think BJ Upton's suffering in a popular vote is not too surprising because BJ suffered through unfair narratives uh, throughout his playing career in Tampa Bay. And Mm -hmm. I think there's enough negativity there that if you're given BJ Upton, who there's a history of poor media coverage, and David Price, who has a history as a Cy Young winner, as a postseason hero. Uh, there's just a, okay, he's not hitting the first cycle. Like, the, there's just a completely different feeling about David Price than B.J. Upton. Uh, you know, four or five, I, do I wish it was close? Sure. But do I think Upton should have beat David Price here? No. Yeah. I, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. I thought it would be a little closer. I thought BJ deserved a little more than 35% of the vote. But, again, David Price, Cy Young Award winner. We talked about the – he made reference to the prince that was promised. He was, David Price, a star prospect who came up, played through the race throughout his entire sort of rookie contract, was so successful with the team, So I and had his bad media coverage in areas outside of the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. area. So mm-hmm. I think Rays fans still hold a candle for David Price in a lot of ways. Plus, I mean, this was taken out. The, the results of this poll were, were taken after this. Um, but you know, David Price opting out of the season and still continuing to pay minor leaguers in the Los Angeles Dodgers Association is is just a fantastic move. So I am very happy that he's going to be moving on and facing Evan Longoria in a matchup that I think might be closer than you you would think. David also, David, I, David yeah. Price also is, I think. I mean, maybe Boston aside, but I think he's actually made some pretty good relationships around the league with other teams. I think other teams have enjoyed having his presence there. And, you know, Boston, I think, really actually did enjoy, like, the team enjoyed having him here. The media, I think they just like to to really eat up pretty much any player. And especially a guy like David Price, who's pretty outspoken in ways and – just will I think he just very unfairly very unfairly and I think BJ Upton faced a similar thing where BJ Upton is one of my favorite Rays players of all time and in this matchup I actually did vote for David Price it was very very close though it really pained me not to vote for boss man because I had a ton of fun watching boss man play baseball with the Rays uh however I mean this is I mean this is a great match I mean these two guys are two of the best uh Rays players of all time they I think have really equated themselves well off the field as well. And like you said, with David Price right now, he's, he hasn't thrown a single pitch for the the Dodgers, but I think he's really shown to be like a very high class Dodger already with the way he's handled himself this off season in a very difficult off season. So um, yeah, I, I have a lot of love for David Price as well. So 
Can we just pause yeah. to remember David Price not being given the World Series MVP and instead of being given to Steve freaking Pierce? <laughs> the Lakeland launcher gets to take home the Chevy Silverado. I'm Is doing a moment David of David Price who put that team on his back? <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad he's out of Boston. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, the next matchup, boy, guys. Um, this is a this is such a good matchup. I lo- I'm so happy that this turned out the way. I am did. dreading. I have been dreading I, you saying these words. I already know <laughs> the results. Oh, yeah. No. So we are looking at the six and the three seed. We're looking at Carlos Pena versus James Shields, and boy, oh boy, did this one absolutely come down to the wire for a solid. This 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 went on for. Uh, poll was conducted over 48 hours and for a solid 46 of these hours it was literally 50 50 it was tied but in the absolute final moment there was a push for carlos pena and carlos pena ended up taking this one away from james shield from jamie shields jamie shields was his devil rays moniker he's james shields in my heart carlos pena wins this one 50.7 percent of the vote guys that is a seven-vote spread. That is seven. There were seven votes separating James Shields and Carlos Pena in this in this matchup. That is so close. And yet, I think this is. I'm sorry to say it, Danny. This is my. I voted for Pena as well. This this is goes to show you those people that voted for Ralph Nader in this poll somehow. I don't know how they did it. Sure. Really, this is this is why this is the result you get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The, I, yep. This is a tough one. We've debated this on the D-Rays Bay Slack. Mm-hmm. James Shields is my favorite pitcher in Rays history. He is probably my top three favorite Rays players in general. I love watching him pitch. However, I will say that I voted for him as well. I will say that. However, it does not shock me that Carlos Pena came so close as well as kind of getting that, that push over the top to win because he is – an amazingly like there's nothing you cannot yeah. dislike Carlos Pena it is scientifically impossible to dislike yeah. Carlos Pena and so when you come up to that matchup that is a really there is a lot of deep love yeah. that people could have forever and ever for a guy like Carlos Pena the guy that led the league in smile percentage and and chicks dig the long ball I mean those home runs epic home runs bat drops that's, that's you would a, be you would be hard pressed you'd be hard pressed to find someone who could say honestly that James Shields was a worse baseball player than Carlos Pena, but gosh, that guy is lovable. And I think if we're going to talk about you know we've been sort of cavalier with the with the parameters of this bracket and who you should be voting for based on what, but if we're going to talk about beloved Rays players, I mean Carlos Pena is is up there with the absolute best of them. So now that we've got given Pena some love. Let's tag in Danny Russell to see what happens. <laughs> I feel like I need to channel my inner uh, Shannon Sharp here. Skip. Skip. I got to tell you here, Skip. <laughs> he has been robbed. Big game James is the... All right. No, I can't do that. That's horrendous. <laughs> I just... Nope. I, I do need to pause and say that uh, uh, in quarantine life, I have discovered that Undisputed is a podcast. And I am unashamed to say I am hitting that up. It is great. 
<laughs> it is a great way to pass the work day if you are not in meetings. Uh, uh, yep. Look, James Shields is the epitome of the transition from the devil raised days into the raised days. I know that we talked about Carl Crawford as being that, uh, that idea and we had to pick a side and we, we pushed him over to devil raised. But if there's one player who represents that bridge, if there's one man who wore the jersey that wasn't on the coaching staff, right? Joe Madden gets the name of this bracket. If we're talking about players, James Shields was there from start to finish. He is the man who epitomizes the Devil Rays were horrendous and the Rays were serious contenders for the World Series and your heart. James Shields has all the complete games that you could want. James Shields <laughs> has that extra innings performance in Miami with the Vuvuzelas. James mm -hmm. Shields had an historic career for the Rays and Devil Rays and then went to Kansas City, brought that DNA with him, completely changed the culture of their franchise and delivered them a World Series as well. James Shields taught his changeup and passed that down. We talk about trade trees. We talk about Delman Young. We need to talk about the trade tree that is James Shields' changeup that revolutionized the Tampa Bay Rays pitching staff more than Jim Hickey ever did on his own. <laughs> James Shields is the reason the Tampa Bay Rays are good. I am upset he was a three seed, and I am upset he is not moving on this turn. If only this was a video podcast, all you listeners could see how red Danny's face is right now. Skip. Skip. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can't disagree with anything you said, and this was one of the closest matchups of, the, of this bracket, and yet it was not the closest matchup of the bracket. We're going to get to that there was in just another vote a sec. separated by less than seven votes. That's, isn't that nuts? Truly incredible. Every vote counts. Were you also a deciding uh, vote in that poll as well? I voted for Pena for this one, yeah, too. I voted for him. <laughs> and I get everything you're saying. You're right about James Shields' legacy as a, as a change-up guy and the Rays staff. But, I mean, have you seen Carlos Pena's, like, smile, though? Counterpoint, have you seen I mean, that? I don't he, know. Look, Carlos Pena looks good from the front and the back. I'm not trying to take that away from him. <laughs> uh, he's a uh, great guy to talk to. I've... I've been able to meet him a couple times now that he's uh, in the media side of things, mm -hmm. if you will, uh, mm -hmm. as a baseball broadcaster. And uh, him and his little uh, faux hawk will always have a soft spot in my heart. I just think uh, yeah. James Shields is robbed here. All right. Well, let's see who is trying to take it away from Carlos Pena in the next matchup. Uh, and, boy, this, this, this next matchup is going to – this Sweet 16 matchup is going to destroy me because the matchup, the person who will be facing uh, Carlos Pena is the winner of the two versus seven seed. We had Matt Garza as the seven seed and Ben Zobris as the number two seed. And I got to say, Ben Zobris took this one with uh, flying colors with 86.7% of the votes, setting up a Ben Zobris Carlos Pena matchup in the Sweet 16 that is going to utterly destroy me and leave me a hollow shell of a man. I do not know who to vote for. Ben Zobris's win here is better than the crime dog mm -hmm. over Julio Lugo. <laughs> All right. Uh, 86 might not sound like enough, but in the grand scheme of all these polls, 86.7%, I believe it was, it is an extremely strong result. And, yeah. I mean, Nostradamus predicting that Ben Zobris might take this entire bracket. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think – 
Uh, I make jokes that you don't make any uh, predictions, but you do have a couple. And one of them is that Ben Zobers will win it all. So I said he could win it all. You said I he could keep win. It very hedged. I gotta keep very hedged. How do you think Nostradamus is still famous? Because he hedged everything he could. All right, Aaron Burr. Okay. So we've got Zobi and Pena in the the Sweet 16. And boy, I I mean, I know who I'm voting for, but I'm not, I'm still bummed about it. Moving on (laughs) to the modern era bracket. Let's move on uh, because we've got a few more to go through. We have the number one seed, Kevin Kiermeyer, facing off against the number nine seed, Austin Meadows. And guys, it's so interesting to see just how we seemingly have underseeded like the very, very new Rays players. We people are loving guys like Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. And although Austin Meadows did not win, Kevin Kiermeyer took this matchup, took it with seventy-three percent of the vote, which is the smallest vote margin of uh, the number one seeds in this round of thirty-two. I, I mean, assume it's also the yeah. smallest margin of the number two seeds. Yeah, it also I also assume it's. Too. No, no, we'll get to it. Never mind. There was a more contentious number two seed, but oh, you're right. You're right. Now, the, the number two seeds that we've seen so far, it is the one, mm. but there is one at the very end that was a little more. All right, all right, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Kevin Kiermaier moves on. Yeah, Kevin, and that's Kiermaier a credit to on. Austin Meadows, who, despite playing like less than a year, uh, was an all star, hits fantastic home runs to the fifth tier of uh, Toronto's. What's it called? Skydome? The Skydome. I think it might have a new name, but it's Look, the Skydome. Austin Meadows is me. good. He's also yeah. new. Kevin Kiermeyer has been here a long time. He is one of the faces of the franchise, if not the face. He's the guy you see on the billboards. He's got the green eyes. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about Carlos Pena riding through on his looks, Kevin Kiermeyer should be sailing. Uh, yeah. I feel like 73% is an underrepresentation. Uh, Austin Meadows is great. Kevin Kiermaier deserved to win this and probably should have won it by a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Well, Kevin Kiermaier, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it, but yeah, we'll see how he faces it. It might be a weakness. That's what I'm trying to get at, though, because uh, the the guy he will face is interesting. So let's get to that. Yeah, so we have Kevin Kiermaier will be facing the winner of the closest matchup in this entire bracket. I teased it before, but we're finally at the closest matchup. This matchup was decided by four whole votes. Amazing. Truly the tightest matchup we've seen, I I ever would have expected to see. With 50.4% of the vote, the number four seed, Willie Adamas, takes it from Charlie Morton. It was that close. Guys, if Willie Adamas doesn't isn't the centerpiece of that amazing relay against the Astros during the playoffs, does he even sniff thirty percent of the vote? I think he sniffs it. I think he absolutely gets close. This was one of those matchups that I was really excited about because you have the dominance and amazing professionalism of like Charlie Morton, this like you know professor, and then you have Willie, who is this exciting new player who's already taken a nice leadership role on this team at a very young age. He is shown flashes of this brilliance and he was the centerpiece of the David Price trade. And so we've been waiting for Willie Adamas to arrive for a while and he 
so far it's been really good. We've seen a lot of really good baseball. And last year, you know, the first half was a little bit of a struggle, but that second half, he absolutely hit the ground running. So I always thought this was going to be close, but I do think that relay and the Rays media team profiling that relay in an amazing video, definitely check it out. It is Mm -hmm. other teams wish they had a media team like this. That video, I think, definitely gets you to remember, like, man, one, Willie is super cool. Two, that play was jaw-dropping. Three, this guy is still kind of, like, getting to that captain's role on the team. So I, it's like, wow, that was a great play. Wow, I really enjoy Willie Adamas as a Tampa Bay Ray. And, yeah, I can't wait to see – you know what he does whereas charlie morton i feel like he's he's here we know he's great he was great he's gonna be great and then he's gonna retire soon because you know that's his career but willie it's like what what's the next dazzling play that will make us have to pick our jaws off the floor this is an incredible showing from charlie morton he has been with the race for a year before that he was with the astros you know, we don't like them very much. He's, you know, he switched sides. I know that he was a top three finisher for the Cy Young, but he's not exactly gregarious in interviews. Uh, he's just good. And that's it. You know, he gets the nickname Uncle Charlie for the curveball, not because he's everybody's uncle, right? Charlie Morton's pitching for the Rays because it was the team closest to his house. <laughs> I respect the the older gentleman's hustle right there. Yep. Willie Adams, I feel like should have run away with this too. And so now we're going into a matchup in the next round where we have two players who I would have thought were strong candidates to really perform well: Kevin Kiermaier and Willie Adams, and they were underwhelming in their second round matchup. Does that happen again in the next round? It can't happen to both of them. <laughs> so we want to see. Yeah. All right. The final half of the uh, modern era of Rays baseball bracket will begin with the winner of the three and eleven seed matchup. We've got Blake Snell and we've got Tyler Glass now. And although Tyler Glassnow's showing last week was had a lot of heart and a lot of spunk, Blake Snell did take seventy five percent of the vote in this case. He took three quarters of the vote. Uh, tripled what Tyler Glassnow was able to pick up. And guys, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you got Cy Young potential versus actual Cy Young. You got young, super talented flamethrower versus also young, super talented flamethrower who's just done it a little bit longer with the Rays. And I think the Twitch stuff, the the Players League, the the MLB The Show, just that little extra step of personality. We've known Blake a little bit longer. And Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. We underseated Tyler Glass now, for sure. Yes. But I think this matchup makes total sense. When we redo the entire bracket based on the results of this bracket, we'll definitely see him higher. And the bracket will be longer and the episodes will be twice as long. <laughs> That's the plan, right, guys? That's the plan when the season gets canceled. <laughs> this is yeah. all the all content. Right. <laughs> this is the only yes. content we have. Uh, who will Blake Snell be facing? God, this is, this is, I, 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 think, I think we're approaching a, a matchup that's going to be a little bit one-sided here so we've got the two and the seven seed we've got steven souza jr facing off against chris archer and chris archer wins this one with 70 percent of the vote beating steven souza jr uh 
I, I the way that people have talked about Chris Archer, Rays fans particularly, I think a lot of them have been sort of covered by the fact that he's not been that great of a player uh, for Pittsburgh. And his last year with the Rays was like not up to his usual par. I'm surprised Chris Archer at this point got 70% of the vote based on some of the comments I read on Twitter on this particular poll. So uh, I'm, I, what do you guys think about this uh, matchup? I think a couple of yahoos on Twitter leaving comments are uh, <laughs> just silly guys. I don't yeah. think they, uh... Language, Danny. Silly. I said silly guys. PG. That was a, that was a Run the Jewels reference. Y'all been being uh, Twitterized by silly guys. Yeah. Chris Archer deserved to win this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he did. For sure he did. And Souza almost got 30%. Okay, Souza. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, we see you. We see you. Yeah. Chris Archer was the face of the Rays for a couple of years. Chris Archer was the players union rep, which I equated to a team captain on our last yep. pod. Uh, I still stand by that assessment of Chris Archer's career. Chris Archer yep. was always a little bigger than his bootstraps, if you will. Um, you know, Some great this... Jaden Smith level tweeting. And it, it just never materialized. So I'm interested to see, uh, <laughs> what the results will be when he goes up against Blake Snell. Blake Snell, who has a Cy Young Award, and Chris Archer, who is a guy who will tell you to his face, oh, you know, guys like me and Scherzer. It's like... Interesting. Yeah, talking. I'm curious. Right, right-handed this. pitchers, I get it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Chris Archer uh, knew more about his stuff than he showed. So... Yeah. Uh, I I agree with you, Brett. I think uh, the next round will, you know, we'll, let's talk we'll about see. it in a we'll minute. We'll see. Who knows? Hey. Let's up? let's send it to a commercial. We need to talk about the folk heroes, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, and we're back. Let's get to the folk heroes. Brett, take us through the ending competitions in round two. The final region. The final countdown. So our final countdown for round two, we have in the Folk Heroes bracket, the number one seed, the beautiful Great Pumpkin Dan Johnson versus the Iceman J.P. Howell. And Dan Johnson took this one with 81% of the vote. Uh, Again, Dan Johnson consistently underperforming what I thought we would see from Dan Johnson. I was expecting like these early votes would be easily 90% of the votes given the wonderful place he has in the race fan's heart. Uh, but he still takes this one with over 80% of the vote. Fire over ice. It's, it's the true. weakest... <laughs> it's the weakest uh, one-seed result, I believe. Other but, than Kiermaier. Kiermaier was the weakest one-seed. Oh, yeah. KK did do worse than this. My bad. Mm-hmm. It's the strongest within this side of the bracket, though. So even though it's a wonky one-seed, it is still the strongest result in the full heroes. So... He is still the one seed of the Folk Heroes. I think the reality is just that the Folk Hero bracket is a lot more wide open. Mm-hmm. Okay, who will Dan Johnson be facing? Dan Johnson will be facing the winner of the five and the four seed. We've got Sam Fold versus G-Man Choi. I mean, I gotta, I mean, you know that it's Choi to the world when G-Man Choi is in the bracket. And Choi takes this one from Super Sam Fold with 60.6% of the vote. Not surprising to me. Yeah. Actually. And it and it's one of the not that nothing against Sam Fold, who I think actually this is a very close matchup between two 
lovable, talented players who had big moments, who have these crowd swell moments. They have giveaway. They, it, there's a lot, you know, behind both of these guys. But Choi being so recent and a part of something so fresh mm-hmm. and that little postseason, uh, that, that I think just, that's the difference maker right there. And, and mm-hmm. two, a fantastic matchup between two great Rays folk heroes, but I think the recency there, I, I give it to Choi. I voted for Choi in this one, actually. G-Man Choi brings joy. It's true. It's just, sparks it's in the name. Joy. Sparks joy. Is that what I'm supposed <laughs> to say for Marie Kondo? That's right. Yeah, she's, I think she's so. still a thing, and yeah, he he, Sam Fold had some amazing moments, and we always will love him for that. Um, but but you know, like G Man is like the most enjoyable. Like I feel like he is joy personified into a human form. It's effervescent for sure. Yeah. Yep. Full disclosure, I voted for Sam Fold, but Ooh. I get where this is coming. I get where this is coming from. So we have one more matchup for the Sweet 16. Who will be in the final matchup for our Sweet 16 here? We've got the first half of this matchup. It's Kevin Cash versus Yandi Diaz. Which the so seeding got, is, is yeah, incredible. The seeding rules, these are two massive underdogs who both found their way into this uh, round of 32. Kevin Cash was an 11 seed. And Yandi Diaz was a 14 seed. A 14 seed. We, we have such like a deep, deep bench. <laughs> a, yeah. a great battle of the, the underdog, you know, mid-majors right here. And the, the winner was? Yandi Diaz took this one yet again. Yet again with a little outside help. Uh, Maybe, one of the, but not as much. I feel Not like this as much as wasn't as heavily fair. on the scale this time. Yeah. The, other than this uh, matchup, uh, the highest vote-getting matchup was uh, 563 votes, which is actually the next matchup that we'll be talking about. Uh, this one only got 832 votes, which, if you remember from last time, almost uh, the Yandi Diaz matchup almost doubled. Uh, just the highest other vote. Right. But so this we, got, one, we got better participation so overall in this round, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is the consequence of having better matchups as we get closer. Mm-hmm. Yandi Diaz still wins. If you take 300 votes away here, I feel like Yandi probably still comes out with this one. It's close. It's, it's, it's close, if, he, if you take 300 votes away, he he might not win that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 300 of those votes were all Yandi Diaz because it, it was, That's it's, true. it's very close. Uh, one of the things with this matchup that was interesting to me, because I thought this was going to be a huge blowout. I thought this was going to be actually the biggest blowout. And it was not. It was actually a very competitive race for a long time. And it still even ended up being, you know, we're, it's, a, it's a pretty close margin in general. Like it's not as close as what we've had, but this was a competitive matchup. Um, managers tend to be less popular than exciting players like that's just in general right like managers make the wrong decision because we get to always know the right decision because we always go well i wouldn't have done that uh <laughs> like reliever comes in hmm, bad choice should have gone with somebody else he gave up a home run uh you know the hindsight fan like we always are like we we, we are 100 percent in our decisions and the manager is uh, is zero percent so it is interesting i'm actually kind of encouraged by how popular kevin cash is because i love 
Kevin Cash as a manager. I think he's really interesting. I like his post-game press conferences. I like his style. Um, he, he's got a bit of that Tito Francona style, which he obviously learned, you know, growing in that system. Uh, he does do some really bold, interesting things. He's unafraid of making a tough call, which I, that's what I want in the manager. Um, and he holds a good clubhouse. So I'm excited that he is as popular amongst race fans, which I don't get amongst race mm. fans on Twitter on game day, but, uh, <laughs> or in the game day threads. Um, but I think that's maybe just the nature of a manager. And uh, yeah, so interesting. I'm glad yeah. I, I'm, I'm as encouraged that Kevin Cash got as much as he did. Yeah. And Kevin it can't Cash hurt when you yeah, it can't hurt when your team has been really good for the past season and a half too. I'm sure people right. will sort of overlook some of the mistakes you might've made otherwise. Kevin Cash is popular enough that the Tampa Bay Times, uh, when the 2020 schedule was dropped on Monday, an eternity ago, last Monday, uh, <laughs> their giant raised 2020 logo was not just Kevin Cash's face. It was Kevin Cash's face twice. It was Kevin <laughs> Cash looking to the left and then a smaller one looking to the right. All right. Double Kevin Cash. Cash is is popular in some regard here okay final matchup final matchup the seven and the two seed uh the two seed was akinori iwamura and the seven seed was johnny gomes and this one was the closest of the two seeds but akinori iwamura took this one with 59 percent of a vote i think this close showing this 41 59 vote margin is a great example of how like Two wrongs don't make – or two wrongs in this case, I guess, do make a right because I think we've got Johnny Gomes at seven. We talked about this last time. Dramatically underseeded. People have a soft spot in their heart for Johnny Gomes. Darby, I think you said last pod that there are people who are fans of the Rays today who still consider Johnny Gomes to be their favorite player. And you're right. And at the same time, I think that we're looking at – like Aki – I think he's appropriately seated at number two, but that was all the way back in 2008. Mm -hmm. And so you're definitely seeing, as we've seen throughout this entire bracket, a little bit of uh, a recency, uh, more focus on the players who have been very good for the team very recently, not the Johnny Gomes was, but guys like Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass, now Charlie Morton. And you're sort of seeing guys like Danjo who were big for the team in 2008 sort of not get as many votes as one might expect. So you see both of those things in this matchup. Either way, the result is still the same. Aki takes it and will play Yandi Diaz in the uh, Sweet 16. What an interesting matchup that will be. That is going to be a very interesting matchup. Uh, Johnny Gomes just plays very well to Florida fans. Like, that guy is <laughs> – That's so a, true. That is a <laughs> central Florida I-4 corridor fan <laughs> into a player. Like, it's he's like a guy you seem like you'd be like, you know what? Section 300. Yeah, come on down. Left field. Why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And then he was like pretty good. Like he's, a, he's the like guy a... who was doing Cotton Eye Joe earlier. No, he's the left fielder. <laughs> okay. He did both. He's also kind of the, he's got that Gronk, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Tampa Bay Buccaneer legend, Rob Gronkowski, uh, kind of vibe, right? Like he's the guy that will like be the party guy. And then be like, oh, there's the game. And then he shows up to the game and then hits a home run. And then afterwards, uh, you know, is somehow in like the middle of a WWE ring or something like that. Like he's like a party waiting to happen. So I, I absolutely, I totally get the appeal. Um, and Aki, I think 
he is he deserves to win here. I voted for him. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see Aki versus Yandi because that is the ultimate old versus new and see how much that recency bias mm. plays in. If you had asked me before this round, what would the biggest upset be? And I had to wager, I would have wagered a Johnny Gomes upset mm. over even more. It didn't happen. You were close. Yeah. All things considered, you were real close. Yeah. Okay. So, Brett, what are our uh, matchups in the Sweet 16 then? So, moving all the way through the matchups for the Sweet 16, we have Carl Crawford facing Rocco Baldelli. Mm. Going to be great. Uh, Wade Boggs versus Fred McGriff. Ooh. Two close friends. Two, <laughs> two Going pounds. head to head. Uh, we've got Evan Longoria versus uh, David Price. Just heavyweights. Yeah. Just heavyweights. This is where the bracket gets good. We, we got yeah. like our Duke versus UNC. This we got, we, this is, this all, is the greatest. All killer, no filler. Um, next up, uh, we've got Pena versus Zobrist. Mm. Oh, man. Kevin Kiermeyer versus Willie Adonis. Oh, man. Blake, Blake Snell versus Chris Archer. Easy. Okay. Dan, Dan, <laughs> yeah, that easy? I think, I think, I think that's a strong <laughs> win. <laughs> oh, man. For the Cy Young oh. winner. We'll talk about that in a second. Dan Johnson versus G-Man Choi. I'm so, Love so interested matchup. to see that, what happens there. I truly am not sure what will happen. Gonzaga versus Davidson. I, honestly, I don't at this point. And then finally, Yandi Diaz versus Aki. Gosh, that's going to be Another interesting one. matchup. That is, that is, did you ever think that we'd be seeing that in the Sweet 16? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so that's all the matchups for um, for uh, next week when we put this on the Twitter poll sometime next week after this podcast is released, and we'll have the fans vote on it. But in the meantime, I'd like to do something a little bit differently at the end of the podcast. Uh, we talked about how you guys were calling me the Nostradamus of the podcast, and then Danny was sort of making fun of that or whatever. So I think it's time that we try to see how you guys do with predicting – what will happen in the Sweet 16, and I'm going to play along too. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to ask you guys what you think the closest matchup of this Sweet 16 will be, what the biggest blowout of the Sweet 16 will be by vote margin, if anyone takes 80% of the vote, who will it be, and whether or not there'll be an upset of any player. And, if, and an upset is defined by any lower seed beating any higher seed. And I've got what I think will happen in each of these, but I'm curious to see what you guys do. And if y'all are right, we'll like assign points and the winner at the end of the, uh, the end of the whole bracket, I don't know, wins like a trophy that I'm, no one's paying for. So. <laughs> okay, so I don't know which one is a blowout versus an 80% margin, but either way, I feel like Blake Snell is going to win his matchup against Chris Archer. You, th I, you think Blake Snell is going to, you think Blake Snell is going to be the, when I say blowout, I think it's the one with the biggest vote margin. So who will have the biggest vote margin out of all of these out of all of these matchups? Raw count votes. Raw, just percent. Yeah, raw counts percent. I'm all not right, gonna so go. I'm not gonna do math and figure out how many people voted for what. I'm gonna look at the figures. We, that Twitter we cannot did. discredit the popularity of Yandi Diaz on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so I think there might be a blowout brewing for the Big Red mm -hmm. Bat. 
Mm -hmm. I think that uh, Yandi as the 14 seed upsetting our two seed is a realistic possibility if the internet has uh -huh. its way. Okay. And so I think that has blowout potential. However, okay. I think uh, the the strongest win is going to be Blake Snell. I think Chris Archer is going to get crushed. Okay. Wow. So you think the the biggest that that Blake Snell will take the biggest percentage of the votes? Yes. Okay. I'm writing that down in my uh, spreadsheet. Baseball Darby, is of course only played on spreadsheets. I think I I think you're right about that. I really do. I want. I'm trying. I'm trying to see if there's a. I might have to take. So I actually agree. I think Blake Snell is going to walk away with this one fairly handily. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, Chris, but I think this this is you. You have a lot of things working. We've already talked about, but that recency bias too. Like we have not seen good Chris Archer in a long time, in a long, long time. Not that long, mm -hmm. but like long time in baseball terms. And uh, Snell was recently very, very good. So. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty – is that going to be the biggest blowout? Mm, I kind of – I kind of – see, I feel like the Yandy Diaz, I think there's going to be a lot of Rays kind of countering yeah, me Cleveland too. fans. And you like, almost even if they like, like, like Yandy, they're going to yeah. vote Aki. There's I, like I'm an, go you got to – Anti Diaz, like there should be just an outside of the Diaz who's who do you think yeah. the biggest blowout? But no, if you feel that ranked way. choice voting is what yeah. you're going for. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think I got to go Snell over Archer for my okay for your biggest. blowout. All right, so if we're looking for upsets, Ball mm -hmm. Deli over uh, Carl Crawford is a is a tantalizing bet. Wow, that's so interesting yeah. that you say that. Okay, that's so interesting you say that because based on what Carl Crawford has shown in the past few brackets, I actually had him ranked as I think the biggest blowout of the Matt brackets. Mm. You think Carl, Carl Crawford, Crawford has is going to destroy Baldelli? I think so. Not because Baldelli is bad by any stretch of the imagination. Not even close. I think that Crawford is has been so consistently getting these high percentage votes over guys again over guys like Randy Wynn. Over guys like you know, but like or the Conte, or Conte, yeah. This is his not, first not, challenge. This is his first challenge. True. This is his first challenge. I think that Carl Crawford is so entrenched as one of the possibly the greatest Ray, Devil Ray of the early era that I think he's still going to beat out Rocco Baldelli. Even though I love Rocco Baldelli, I think he, you know, this is just a, a rough matchup for him. I think Carl Crawford. I'm personally voting for Carl Crawford to have the biggest vote margin, and I do think it will be over eighty percent. So I'm saying yes on that. Well, okay, so I have, a, I have my non-Yandi blowout. Okay. My non-Yandi category blowout, then, using that definition as you just threw it down for Carl Crawford, is Ben Zobr. Okay. Mm. Carlos Pena does not stand a chance at beating Ben Zobr. Gotcha. <clears throat> my, I agree. My, <laughs> I, I think, honestly, looking at this, my pick, the non-Yandi blowout pick... It, and for chalk, similar to why Carl Crawford, similar to the Carl Crawford reasoning, and it's it's kind of a shocker, and I want to go for it because it's just I, I think while uh, Snell is gonna to top um, Archer pretty well, I think actually the biggest blowout I want to pick is Longo over Price. Nice in a battle of titans. I don't think I think there's gonna be a lot of race fans that are gonna go, it's close, but you're going Longo, and I think that's just gonna happen for. An 86 percenter. Wow, 86 percent. I'm going to write that down. 
If if, if Longo gets eighty six percent, the, the game is over. And so Derby, is, Derby wins. <laughs> I think there are going to be a lot of people that don't see the results and go, mm, "I can't vote against Longo." Boom. And I think that's it's mm-hmm. just going to be it's going to be a shockingly big blowout, but not as big as the vote will show. I guess I don't gotcha. know. That's that doesn't make any sense, but it's. I think people are closer in their hearts, but uh, I think the voting is going to be a. a okay, a so what's the more likely upset? Sixty percent winner Choi against eighty-one percent Dan Johnson, or is it going to be Willie Adamas who squeaked out his win against the seventy-three percent KK? Because in I both think cases, that's like a twenty percent margin a great question that's a that's a great question i think it will i think that troy hmm i think that even though troy is so loved i don't think that he beats dan johnson i think he has less of a chance of beating dan johnson than uh than willie adamas does of beating kk because i said it in the very beginning too i think i thought that kk was by far the weakest seed sorry the weakest number one seed of all of our number one seeds, not again, because he's anything less than an outstanding player. It's just the strength of those other one seeds seem to be so great at the time. I think that, I think that Willie Thomas could beat uh, Kevin Kiermaier. And in fact, that's the, that's what I have as my closest matchup. I think that's, that's going to be the closest matchup of the bracket. It's not my closest matchup, but I do think Willie's going to take it over KK. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of upsets, I could see I could see a lot of upsets actually. I, I'm probably seeing yeah, quite a few that could happen, but I I if I'm gonna put a vote on it, I'm gonna put a vote on Yandi Diaz over Akinori Mora, <laughs> 14 over two. I think that's the easy money. That's where I'm that's what I'm taking that's to the sports book. Yandi's big upset. I think his his ride continues. Take it to the bank. So last thing I want to ask you guys is which will be the closest matchup? Don't you don't need to f- tell me who you think is going to win, although it would help. Who do you who will have the most narrow vote margin? The uh, narrowest the vote margin will be What's between the, toughest the crime matchup? dog mm-hmm. and the chicken man. It All is right. Fred McGriff and Wade Boggs, two versus three. Two eighty percent ish winners. It is going to be very close. And okay. uh, it's going to be similarly one of those like 50-50 jockeying kind of things. I think with the, with the chance for the upset for Wade Boggs, who I would have one-seated this category with. So uh, <laughs> I remember. So I'm biased there, but I, I think it's going to be a good show. What about you, Darby? I'm going with Choi. And uh, and Dan Johnson. I think Dan Joe and Choi is going to be the closest matchup because I think you have two just lovable first basemen that give a lot of joy, and I think it's going to be really close. I think people are going to go into that voting booth, and they're going to be like, can I vote against dancing G-Man Choi? Oh, I don't know. And I think it's yeah. going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a close one. Fred, I think Fred, Fred McGriff is going to get that MLB The Show push. Oh, his new card came out. I think it's going to get that push over the chicken man. Uh, my closest matchup, uh, like I said, I think it will be between Kevin Kiermaier and Willie Adonis. I okay. think that, yeah, I think that's Willie Adonis and KK. That matchup is just, is tight. It's really tight. All right. So we've got all of our four uh, little things, our little prop bets prepared just to run through them again. 
Like I said, Danny, you think that Boggs and McGriff will be the closest matchup. Darby, you think it'll be Choi and Dan Johnson. And I think it'll be KK and Willie Adonis. Um, as far as the widest vote margin, Danny, you're putting your money on Zobrist. Darby, you've got Longo in the bag. And I have Carl Crawford. Uh, Dar- Danny, you're the only one who's the picked a number two seed to uh, be the biggest blowout, which is interesting. Um, Danny, you don't think that the Zobrist bet, uh, the Zobrist vote will be over 80%. Is that correct? Did I hear you right when you said that? Uh, okay, so that was a separate vote category. We had to decide who would win yeah. by 80%. Yeah, just anyone, just if you think there is someone who will win by over 80%. Because some of the, these are so close that I'm, it's hard to say if they'll even happen. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, gosh, that's tough. Yeah, I could totally see Zobrist. Uh, you know, if I really had to pick one, if I had to pick one name to go over 80%, gosh, it's Carl Crawford. Oh, so that is your blowout? So you want to change your biggest vote margin to I, Carl look, Crawford? Look, I, I, I was approaching those two different ideas uh, differently. Two right? separate ideas. Those were separate ideas. A blowout was... Uh, was just like a dominating win. Uh But I guess if I had to say who, there's two answers for 80%. It's either Carl Crawford or it's Longo. One of those two guys is going to breach 80%, probably both. Okay. But what was my blowout answer? You said Zobrist. So you're you're, you're off the rails with this one. (laughs) I'm off the rails. I just feel like Zobrist is going to have a (laughs) commanding win. I think it's a commanding win for Mm -hmm. Zobrist. Uh, but if you need to know which ones are going to be above 80%, I mean, it's hard to go with the, wrong with the one seed for Longo or, or Crawford. So you think that – so just to be clear, you think that Longo has the biggest vote mark. He'll get the most percentage of the vote than any other player in the bracket. Uh, Is that right? Crawford. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't hate Crawford. me. I was, I was thinking of those as different ideas. I don't hate you. I can't hate you. I'm legally not allowed to by my contract. Okay, so you think – Crawford, I think Crawford is the, the will have the biggest vote margin, and Darby thinks Longo. We all think 86%. That 86%. He's locked it in with 86%. I'm not going to be that precise, but I also think that uh, Carl Crawford, along with Danny, will take over 80% of the vote. And we all seemingly believe that there will be an upset. We all seemingly have a very specific upset in mind. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about what we're going to talk about there, but yeah, so it. That will we'll see how this works out. I'm very curious to see if I'm completely off the rails with Kevin Kiermaier being a close matchup, uh, and I'm also interested to see if Darby is literally Nostradamus with this 86 percent of the vote. If he is, I think we might have to cancel the podcast. All right, I'm glad you're keeping track of these, and we will circle up on those on the next hit show. <laughs>